0: Please be seated. Good morning, Northwest. Good morning. Hope you are doing fantastic this morning. It is great to see you back here at White Oak Elementary School, and um, good to be inside. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be all over the Book of Exodus. Here's what we're going to do this morning: is that we on on in the around April 11th of this year we started the Book of Exodus. We then took a break, and so today we're just going to jump into an a recap of the book of Exodus to make sure that we're all on the same page, okay? And so we'll we'll be in the book. You can get get uh, get your place. But I, I, I want to talk to you about the word or a phrase I forgot. Every single one of us in this place, right here, right now, has uttered the words uh, "I I forgot." Right? You have you have said those words. You've you've said them maybe this morning. You have said them. Yesterday, we, we have said those words as I, it's, you know, six weeks here from 50, and I'm like, hmm, okay. It's, that that's a f- common phrase. Maybe it's, oh, did you study for that test? You've asked that question before, parents, right? Did you study for that test? And you get the answer, I, oh, yeah, you're, yeah. Uh, did you clean your room? And the answer is, I forgot. And did you bring your coat Uh I forgot. Those are pretty easy for me to come up with those. Um, did you get the groceries? Oh, I. Come on, help me here. I forgot. I forgot. Okay. Um, I, I don't have my wallet. I. Okay, that's personal. I can't ever find my wallet. Okay. Um, uh, why did I come upstairs? Oh, I. Because I <laughs> forgot. Yes. I forgot. Um, I don't know the point of my story. <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say. You know? Or, hey, uh, what did you get her for her birthday? Okay, guys, work with me on this. I forgot, and I'm an idiot. <laughs> That's a big one right there. Or, we, we, we gotta just, let's just be honest with ourselves that, you know, we, we forget. And here, is the one thing I want us to remember. The one of the most dangerous things for you and for me is for us to forget the bigness, the goodness, the grace, the majesty of God Himself. It is something that we cannot forget. Our lives depend on that on remembering in spite of situations and circumstances that he is good northwest that he knows what he's doing right now in your life he knows what he's doing when we take a look at the bible there are 66 books in the bible and all of those books if i could just summarize are reminders because we're so good at forgetting And I love that in April, we jumped into the book of Exodus because Exodus is a clear demonstration of the majesty, the goodness, and the greatness of God. He is good. There is no one like him. And and, and this, this book basically just gives us a great picture of 40 chapters of his goodness and of his greatness. And so what we did is we got all the way up to Exodus chapter 20, and then we took about an eight-week stop for our series titled, you know, Who Are We? Who Are We in Christ? And then Who Are We as Northwest? Who are we going to be? And now we want to jump back in for the rest of the year. And so I just want to make sure that we are all together on what's happening and going on, and so we have a little bit of a, a recap sort of this morning, to remind you that he is so good and that there isn't anybody like him. We've talked about the book of Exodus that we wanted to ask these questions through our life groups and even through our study. We wanna ask these questions. What does God say? What does God do? And then what does this tell us about who God is? And so let's just for a moment just go through a couple of things that have taken place. In Genesis chapter 12, chapter 15, and chapter 17, The God of the Bible, the God of the universe, made a covenant to the Israelites. He came and he talked to someone. What is his name? His name was first Genesis chapter 12. You're right. It's Abraham. He came to Abraham. He said, I'm going to bless those who bless you. I'm going to curse those who curse you. I'm going to make your name great among many nations. It was a promise to Abraham and his descendants that that's what was going to take place. I'm going to reveal myself through you as a people group. I'm going to use you to declare my glory to the world. Well, what happened was there was 400 years since that promise and there was not, the promise was not fulfilled. 400 years and there was nothing. Now, you and I, we can get a little upset over about 30 minutes and maybe a day and maybe six months. But here it was there was silence for 400 years. And then we jump into the book of Exodus. And Exodus picks up with Joseph, who there was a famine in in Israel. There's a famine there among the the Jewish people. And he takes his family, takes 70 people. They go into um, Egypt. And there's a sort of an agreement worked out with the Pharaoh at the time that says, hey, we... We need some food. We need to be provided some food. And about 70 people come in, and they're just living there. And then there's a new pharaoh that comes in. And this pharaoh is saying, you know what? These Jewish people, this is, this is chapter one of Exodus. These Jewish people are rising up, and my power is being threatened. So I need, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back on my word of saying that they would be okay to be in here, and we're going to eliminate all of the male uh, children And said, I'm going to take them out. But God raised up these Hebrew ladies, and God spared this young man named Moses. And we know that Moses came on, and Moses was able to lead the people. We know that God was able to deal with the enemies through the plagues. God was able to dwell with them. God was able to live with them. God was able to lead them in, in, in in a lot of different ways. Um, We we saw the plagues, and we saw all kinds of things that take place. And so here, really, when we come up to this this book, we got all the way to uh, Exodus chapter 20, where we have the Ten Commandments, where God gives instruction to the people to how to live in community with each other and live in communion with God first. And of course, the next five weeks, we're going to be going into the tabernacle where God desires to dwell with us. And then on Christmas Eve, we'll talk about how the God of the universe dwells with us. And that is by sending his one and only son, King Jesus. That is the demonstration of how he dwells with us. And so that's where we're going to be going over the next several weeks. But, But here are some things that I want us to remember in the first half of the book of Exodus. Here's some things that I want us to remember. Here's the first thing that I want you to remember. Four truths to remember about God in the book of Exodus. Okay? There are four truths. There are many, but uh, here are some that the Lord let me. Number one, we must remember that God can free us from our Egypt. We must remember that God can free us from our Egypt. Here is the situation. The Israelites were enslaved. They were taken captive in Egypt. They were Things were really tough. Things were really bad. They were working really hard. They were oppressed. And here they are hearing from their tradition, God, I thought you said that we were your people. I thought you said you would take care of us. I thought you said that you would bless those who bless us and curse those who curse us. And here they are. Things are really, really, really bad. And so here they are in the situation, they're in Egypt, and man, things are just not going well. And so like I said before, God knows exactly what he's doing. And I want to let you know here that if you're here today and you're sitting here and there is something that is wrapping you up, that you are enslaved to, I want you to know that the God of the universe can free you from that. I'm absolutely confident of it. whether it's a life of pride that gets in the way in your marriage, perhaps, perhaps there is an addiction that's going on in your life right now and it's creating an unbelievable amount of shame. I'm here to tell you that being in bondage to that Egypt, you can be freed from that because of who God is. Maybe it's a lack of trust that maybe there's just, I don't have a lot of trust for this, or I don't have a lot of trust for that, I'm a skeptical person, I'm a cynical person, or I'm I'm really having a difficult time believing that God can do this. And and I want to let you know that God can free you from that as well. Maybe you're Egypt. I haven't listed. But as you're sitting here right now, the Holy Spirit has let you know that this is what you were in bondage for and I'm telling you today, asking the God of the universe, through the power of the gospel, to free you from that bondage. I've prayed before and praying now that God would free you from that bondage of your Egypt. So, so what might it be? And how do we get freedom from that bondage? I think last week we talked about that. And I just I really want to make sure that we understand it. It feels such like a family in here. It feels when we, we've come inside, we've been outside for so long, and it feels like a family. And so what I'm, what I'm trying to tell you and what I want want you to know is that there is a God who has created us to live in community together. And so that enslavement that we feel or that bondage that we feel that the Israelites had felt, God, where are you? What are you doing? And the community is there to help us to remember. And so we must remember that God can free us from our Egypt. All right, so here's number two. Here's the second thing I want you to see. Here's the second thing. We must remember that God hears you, sees you, and knows you. Take a look at... Um, Exodus chapter 2, verse 23 and 25. I want you to remember this, and I want you to highlight this. Maybe um, just, just keep that on your phone. Keep that in your write it on an index card. Put it in your in your tape it to the dash of your car. I want you to remember this right now. I don't want you to forget it. Let me read this verse to you. Here's what it says in verse 23 of chapter two of Exodus. During those many days, the king of Egypt died. And the people of Israel groaned because of their slavery. And they cried out for help. Their cry for rescue from slavery came up to God. Listen to this, don't miss 24. And God heard their groaning. Not only can he free us from our Egypt, but I'm telling you, we have a personal God who, what? Who hears our groaning. And God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. And here's verse 25. And God saw the people of Israel, and God knew. There is nothing in your life right now or my life that's going on right now that does not go through the filter of his hands. And Exodus is sitting here and you have a group of people that are like, God, what are you doing? It's like you've been silent. You said this would happen and this is happening. And so Lord, I need you to know I'm not very pleased. I'm kind of upset. This summer, be very vulnerable with you right now. I went to see a counselor. I was pretty ticked off. I was upset at some situations that were going on in my life. And I told the counselor, I said, I don't think I'm in a good place right now. Because I'm really mad. And he said, have you read the Bible? (laughs) He said, have you, read the book of, have you read the book of Psalms, Matt? Have you read chapter 42? Have you read chapter... Six? Let me read it to you right now. Because your frustration and your groaning is exactly where he wants you to be. Because he wants you to cry out to him. He is big enough to handle your questions. He's big enough to handle the situation, the circumstance. He's big enough, Matt. You can trust him. Right there, I was like, okay, okay. I was forced to remember. And I want you, as you look at this text, and it says that God heard their groaning. That God remembered His covenant, and that God saw the people of Israel, God sees you right now you're not alone. God sees you and you're not alone. This past week, a friend of mine called me up and said, "Hey, let's do coffee together. He's one of my pickleball friends. he is um he doesn't come to church, and he goes man, I'm, I'm, you got to explain to me this pastor thing. Like, how did you get to do that? And he goes, I know some things that have gone on in your life. Death and cancer and wife's depression and things like that. And he goes, I just look at it and I'm just going, why did that happen? You're a pastor. I don't get that. Explain that to me. And I know you are dying to know what I said. And here it is. You get, you know, you can write this down. This is free. I said, I have a bachelor's degree and I have a master's degree from Southeastern Seminary and I have a doctorate. I looked in the face and I said, I have no idea. And you know what? I'm okay with that. I want you to know that if we look in our groaning, if we're looking in the groaning for the reason why, we're going to miss the lessons that he has. And we'll be so distracted from his greatness and his bigness. And so when we take a look at the the book of Exodus, and we see that, wow, they're groaning like we groan. And we see the God of creation hearing them, seeing them, and knowing what they're going through. I'm telling you right now, it captivates my heart around him and not the situation. And that is my prayer for you and me, Northwest, is that we would be captivated by him and that simply we would learn some great lessons, but not be distracted by maybe some things that we're not going to know the answer to be be encouraged that he knows he hears, he sees, he cares, he loves, because that is who he is for first John four four ten says God is love. My kids were little. I would do this with them. <laughs> I mean they're you know. 14 15 17 and 18 and it's a little awkward if i was to do this now but as they were little i would point to them on the forehead god is love it's the first verse we ever taught him god is love don't forget that don't forget it so i want you to remember i want you to remember that he hears he sees and he cares and i want you to remember that only god can free us from our egypt and, and, and in addition to that, I want you to, I want you to see um, in chapter 6, 1 through 7, we must remember that God will keep his promises, that God will keep his promises. And all throughout the scriptures, we're seeing God said he would do this, and God said he would do this, and God said he would do this. And all of a sudden, their paws are going, well, why is God not doing this? And I want you to come back and say, he, he, he did, he is, he will. And I want you to be encouraged by that. But look at chapter six, verse one. There's seven verses here. I'd like to read them all. But it says, but the Lord said to Moses, now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand, he will send them out. And with a strong hand, he will drive them out of his land. God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. So God spoke to him and said, I am the Lord. Verse three, I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac and to Jacob as God almighty. But by my name, the Lord, I did not make myself known to them. Verse four, I established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land in which they lived as sojourners. Moreover, I have heard the groaning of the people of Israel whom the Egyptians hold as slaves. And I have remembered my covenant verse 6 say therefore to the people of Israel I am the Lord and I will circle that word highlight that word bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians and I will deliver you from slavery to them and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and and with great acts of judgment I will take you to be my people i will be your god and you shall know that i am the lord your god who has brought you out from under the burdens of the egyptians so long ago god had promised abraham that he would make his descendants great genesis chapter seventeen, one through 8 and god has already multiplied the number we're looking at around 2.5 million by some scholars' research. There's about 2.5 million Jews that are in the land of Egypt right now. Back then it said, I want you to be fruitful and multiply. They go into this desolate area, this, 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 this place that's polytheistic. All of a sudden, they're, 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 um, their numbers are growing and God is doing a great thing. And God says, okay, now I have you where I want you. I'm going to show you that I am going to live out my promises. This is what we said in our life group stuff. I wanted to read this to you. It's, it's by the great Ryan Simchenkov. No, I'm just kidding. Ryan, here it is. Great. God has made many promises to those of us who trust in Jesus. We can be sure that he will keep these promises. We must be sure that he will keep these promises. And he's coming back. To make good on those promises. You know, it's very, very difficult in our time where we say, I promise I'll do this or I'll promise I'll do that. That's a difficult place as a, as a parent, isn't it? Because you got to deliver. And you can't remember. Well, dad, you said, oh boy, I'm in trouble. You're right. Now I'm changing my mind. Ooh, but you said, you're right. But, and, and you know, you just. So here you have the children of God saying, but you said, but you said. But you said, and God's like, I got this. I made a promise to do a supernatural work among you, and I'm going to do just that. I said I would promise, and I'm going to deliver on that. I I want you to see number four. This is my favorite when it summarizes the, the book of of Exodus and all the things that we can see is that we must remember God is a great provider. God is a great provider. So they needed a leader, and so God provided Moses. Moses, what did he say? I can't talk. (laughs) He provided a spokesperson, Aaron, to speak. You just do what I tell you to do, and we'll have Aaron Speak, God provided a, a leader. God provided judgment to get their attention, to demonstrate His power, to show who He was. God provided judgment. God also provided a lamb, and they needed a lamb. The Israelites were not just chosen because they were good people. They were they were chosen because they accepted God's sacrifice at Passover, the Passover lamb that takes away the sin of the world. And we know that He. The angel of the passed over their houses because of the blood that was sprinkled over the door frames. Because, not because they were good, but because God is good and God provides. And God provided them a lamb that could be sacrificed to get forgiveness of sins. And God provided them as an escape through the Red Sea. I mean, one of the greatest demonstrations of God's power all in scripture is that we can't get from here to there and... The seas parted and they went across. And God took them and they needed, um, they needed bread from heaven and he gave them that. They were hungry and he gave them bread and they were thirsty and water came from a rock. And they needed to travel and a cloud by fire and a fire in, in, in the clouds to protect them. A fire by night and a cloud by day to, to get them to where he needed to go. God simply is a great provider and the book of Exodus is screaming that to you and I. He gave us the Ten Commandments so that we would know how to live. The first three being about a relationship, a vertical relationship with God. And then the second, the sixth, the bottom six is being able to understand how we function together. But first, that we make sure that there is nothing in the way of our relationship and our worship of him. That we remember him. We have no graven images. We remember the Sabbath. The first three are about a vertical relationship with the God of creation that you and I can have through Jesus And then those others don't lie, steal, commit adultery, and all them bear false witness. They are there to help us function together as a community. But they're also there to reveal us our greatest need, and our greatest need is Jesus. You see, in the book of Exodus, what did God provide? In the book of Exodus, he provided Moses as a mediator to get us and to communicate what he wanted us to do and be but when we look at the whole scripture we see that that exodus and providing uh, Moses is a foreshadow of the gospel that is truly good news which is God providing a mediator and his name is Jesus and and the book of exodus is all about getting us ready, getting us prepared to worship him in spirit and in truth. That we would recognize that our purpose in life is to honor him, to glorify him, and to allow him to dwell with us. And and here, that's what we want to do. Let let, let me read you this. We should be aware of our tendency to doubt God's love as soon as things don't go as we plan. We should also take comfort in the knowledge that God can and will provide what we need even in dire circumstances. God provided Moses as a mediator and God provides Jesus as our mediator. So um, what, what, are, what, are we, what are we going to do? I mean, what are we going to do with the message, and how are we going to do, apply it to our lives? And here's, here's what I want to help you. I want to help you with that. Um, it's true, Northwest, that we're good at forgetting. But we can all sit there and say, yeah, we're, we, we have a tendency to forget. It's true. We do that. But but what I would love is I would love to sit back if if you can just help me. You have played the game of forgetfulness, or your parents have used this as a teaching technique when you complained about things you didn't have when we were growing up. So there's, I'm, I'm 49 years old, and I would look at my dad who grew up on a farm and didn't have inside toilet until he was 15. He's 81 years old. So I might be complaining about something I don't have. And my dad would sit there and say, well, I remember when I would have to get up before school and take care of the chickens and, the, and milk the cows, and that was at full between four and six, and then I would have to walk up this big road to go to school. Now, I would sit there and roll my eyes at my dad. The translation for me today is when I sit down with my kids and they'll go, oh, this remote does not work. And I'll say, well, I remember a day where I would have to get up and walk through the shag carpet and turn the channel with my hand. And here's what I would love to do at the end of the book of Exodus is for you to stand up and say, I remember a day when I did not believe God hurt me. I did not believe God cared for me. I believed that I would be enslaved to this sin my entire life. I did not believe there was any hope. But I remember in 2021, in the midst of all that's going on in the world, We open up the Bible in the book of Exodus and I remember how great and how good he is. I remember that he can free me from my my Egypt. I remember that he hears my groans, that he cares about me. I remember that he gave a great provider and his name is Jesus. And I see it in the book of Exodus in the Old Testament. From the second book of the Bible, It's all about a relationship with King Jesus. And so whatever you remember before the last 10 months about, man, where you are spiritually, maybe that this book or this this message would just captivate your heart and you would recognize that the God of the universe wants to dwell in you and it's made possible through the mediator, King Jesus. Jesus. And I want us to celebrate that together. And I don't want us to forget it. So as we continue, as disciples, making disciples, who are learning to love, trust, and obey Jesus, helping other people do that, and as we continue to live our lives with open Bibles, open lives, and open faith, and that we will do that together with deep work, And in community. Deep, deep work. Deep work over time and in community. Why? So that we won't forget. So that we won't forget. I love you guys. I thank you for the honor and the privilege of being able to open up this book this morning. Being able to teach this way. I Thank you that um, I truly believe that God has you here for a reason that he has a message for each of us, and that we would be reminded that there is no one like Jesus. He is good. I love you. Let's pray. God, I love you. Thank you for the privilege of opening up the word and seeing through the book of Exodus how it screams good news. Screams good news. Thank you that we are able to be in this place at this time. Thank you for the privilege of being able to sing. Thank you for the privilege of being able to talk, to pray, to live in community with one another. I pray that as we continue to learn to love, trust, and obey you, I continue to pray as we make disciples who make disciples that we will live our lives with open Bibles. We will live with an open faith. We will live with um, uh, open lives and that we will do that for your glory for our good and that we will help each other not forget who you are. Lord, you are silent at times and simply we don't know why, but we know that you know what you are doing. So in those times of silence, may we not be distracted or discouraged. May we know that they are there to shape us and to help us and to refine us. So Lord, I thank you. Thank you that we can celebrate today by singing this great song. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.